We've got some hey, I'm Luis, and I'm Luis, and you're listening to the Content before. is Profit One, podcast. Two, we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn more how do you how to create content that turns into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. Yeah, yeah. That's right, guys. As you can tell today, we've been speaking a lot of a lot of Spanish, so oh. like it, 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 it gets a little difficult to get going way. with English. But guys, today. <laughs> How leverage is the secret sauce you did not know you needed for your business. Ooh, I love this. I love this because we've actually talked about leverage a couple of times the last few episodes. So can't wait to dive into this. Oh, yeah. But before we do that, please go ahead and subscribe to the Contents Profit Podcast. Hit smash that subscribe button. Make sure to follow us on social media at the Biz Bros Go. We've been getting a ton of engagement, tons of questions, and we love to have those content conversations with you guys. So thank That's you. That's right, guys. And if you find this episode impactful, which... I am 120% sure that you will. Don't forget to share it and and don't forget to leave a five-star review. All right. So I'm going to be completely honest. I had no idea who our guest was about three weeks ago. <laughs> I did, bro. I As, did. Oh, okay. <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I, I, I thought to myself, how in the world I do not know this guy? So thank you, Josh and Steve, for creating content with him because, oh my God, we needed to connect with him. That's right, guys. Today's guest has an amazing story. From humble beginnings, he was able to push and identify very quickly how he wanted to achieve success. He used his secret weapon, more on that pretty soon, to create incredible business opportunities and connect with some of the top marketers of today. I know it seems like he has lived over 60 years, guys, but hey, he's only in his 20s. Some of his achievements include over 500 entrepreneurs coached, over 47 countries with students, over 2 million minutes of content consumed, and one of his best moments in life, ringing the NASDAQ closing bell. That's his epic. career has been full of opportunities, new ventures, and ways to make his clients rise to new levels of success. Guys, I... I don't think you guys are ready for today's <laughs> guest, guys. He's not afraid to curse. He got the swagger, but most importantly, he has that instant leverage, baby. Please welcome J.R. Rivas. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome, J.R. Welcome to the show, my man. We what are up, so excited. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, you guys are hilarious. Oh, well, thank you. It means a lot coming from probably what is the the funniest intros of podcast I've ever heard from, which are yours, man. They're freaking hilarious. I know. Last yeah. night, uh, we were actually chatting about that. Uh, we were walking the dogs and listening to the show. And every time I just wanted to go to the next episode because I just wanted to see the <laughs> intro. <laughs> so, guys, please go ahead. And uh, he's going to leave you guys the, the, the podcast the information and all the details. So go check him out for sure. Yeah, so the way I came up with that was, um, I was like, man, I was struggling to come up with an intro. And then I was like, yo, why am I putting in so much effort into an intro when I skip everybody's intro? I it, I hit <laughs> fast forward, fast forward until I hear talking, and then I back up 15 seconds to make sure I don't miss anything. So I'm like, why am I going to put all this effort into an intro when everybody else out there probably just skips it as well? Uh, so then that's when I, I was kind of going back and forth with one of my friends who is a uh he's like a book publisher right. uh and he runs like a, a cup a publishing company and then he just started putting making all these intros just for fun and then i was like oh my god can you 
he's because he was giving me examples of like, hey, your intro should be like this. And I was like, yo, can you just do an intro for me for every single episode that's different? That way nobody will ever want to skip it. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so that's what we've been doing. Dude, <laughs> so I, it's worth the extra work. That's awesome. No, I mean, it, it, I think, yeah, it, it might be extra work, but I think you're going to set a new trend out there of people wanting to do something similar. Like, dude, like, I put in the effort, yeah. but it just starts the episode with a different vibe, you know? It's not like, ah, oh, the yeah. same boring episode. It's like, ah, oh, dude, what is he going to say? Who's he bringing in, you know? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I I love it. I feel like, you know, uh, along the ways of, like, content creation, you know, you said, like, yeah, it does take a lot of work. But as a consumer, as a listener, that's one of the things I look forward to every single time, you know? And we're going to get to that. But I think it's so interesting. And now, Fonzie, we, I think we got to, like, you know, level up a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm trying to do up, this. Man. We got to level up, <laughs> So, awesome, dude, GR. Um, Obviously, we, we talked a little bit about you in the introduction, but I would like for you to kind of tell your story and uh, and how you got to where you are today. I mean, you're, for God's sake, you're 26, right? Yeah, I'm 26. And you have hit several milestones, which is amazing. So um, if you want to maybe, you know, go into a little bit of that story and how you got there, that would be amazing. Yeah, so um, go way back. I grew up in a super poor neighborhood, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, everybody calls it like little New York because it's where people go to escape New York city. Um, so it's like when it gets too expensive in New York, you come to Allentown. Yeah. Um, so like my family, both my parents were born in Dominican Republic and, um, I like grew up with around a lot of like Dominicans and Hispanics and stuff in Allentown. And at the time our, our, uh, school had like a 89% poverty rate, um, grew up with a single mother. I didn't meet my dad until I was eight years old. Um, didn't really connect with him until I was like 16. And, um, at a young age, I just remember like, I just wanted to be rich just because of the, the simple fact that like, um, I could, I knew that there was like wealth out there because I was a huge baseball fan as a kid. Yeah. And like in, in Hispanic culture, like baseball players, like the, like you, you made it. So my, my family would always talk about how much money baseball players have and stuff like that. And I'd be like, damn, well, I want that. So um, around 16, I, uh, we had like a career day in school and they gave us these like uh, pamphlets and it said like every profession and like how much money they made. It was like doctor, firefighter, lawyer, engineer. And I, I, and then it showed how much money they made. So I went instantly to all the highest incomes and it was like doctor, lawyer, engineer. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't want to be any of those. <laughs> and then the guy that was given the presentation, he was like, oh, well, there's a third option. It's called an entrepreneur. And he's like, that's actually what I am. And he's like, oh, and I actually never went to school to do that. <laughs> and he was like, I've only been to school one time uh, and it was to learn how to fly my plane. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. So <laughs> the guy had written a book called Two Bucks to Happiness about how he started a, um, a whole business and we, all he had was $2 in his pocket. And then at the end of the presentation, he gives everybody a $2 bill. And he's like, okay, now you have as much money as I had when I was getting started. So go wow. make something of your life. Amazing. So I was super inspired by this dude. So I start doing all this research. Um, I start like driving around town. I had just gotten a car. I start driving around town to all the rich neighborhoods and just looking at the houses. And I was just so like inspired. And I, I was just like, wow, like how does one person own this house? Man. And uh, one time... Me and my friend were like, yo, I have to know. There was a house. It looked like a castle. Like, no lie. It had, like, castle pillars and stuff on the west side of Allentown. Yeah. So um, 
my, me and my friend were like, yo, let's just make up a story and see if we can knock on the door and meet the guy that owns the house. So we, uh, we, I had a notebook in the back of my car. I pull it out and I'm like, all right, let's say we're doing a school project. So we knock on the door <laughs> and uh, somebody, it's like, it's a, they have like a, the ring doorbell, but basically the ring doorbell wasn't even around yet, but they had like the same thing. They're like, oh, who is this? And I, I explained like, oh, we're doing a school project. We're trying to talk to the owner of the house. She's like, okay, wait one second. Um, another dude comes to the door and he's like, oh, I actually don't own the house, but uh, I'm one of six people that works here. And uh, he, he, I was like, okay. So I was asking him for information about the owner and he was like, oh, he started a company. I can't tell you too much, but I'm sure if you do your research, you can find out. So it turns out the guy like started a night vision technology company in his parents' basement and sold it to the military for like $200 million. Wow. Um, so I was like, okay. I was like, okay, here's another example of somebody that didn't go to college, didn't uh, get a career and they just figured it out. Yeah. So it's like, right, that's what I'm going to do. So I was like, I start reading books and I read like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The 4-Hour Workweek, all the like beginning, beginner entrepreneur, like yeah. the, the entrepreneur starter pack books. <laughs> and um, so I, I was like, man, okay, I feel like I'm on the right track. Like I'm onto something, but I realized I needed to learn sales. So I'm still 17 at this point. And I start learning uh, life insurance and I, I start like studying life insurance because I'm like, okay, I could probably make six figures selling life insurance. And that would teach me sales, which Robert Kiyosaki says is like one of the four pillars of entrepreneurship yeah. that you need to learn. So do that for a little bit, hated it. And then I go and I start a tax business. And I was like, my, my logic for that was like, all right, tax business. If I could save up $10,000, all I need is a, a location and some yeah. computers, and then I can do taxes. I don't, it's not that expensive. So I go to learn taxes and I was talking to the owner of the place and he was uh, trying to sell his office. So I worked for him for a year he, and then he sold me one of his offices and I read a book on negotiation, which was my first like leverage point yeah. um, called the, the Art of the Deal, which is written by Donald Trump way before he was even <laughs> like looking into running in a pres for president or any of that. And um, one of the things he says in the book is like, I just I, I decide what I want and I just keep pushing until I get what I want. So I had no money. I had like uh, two, three thousand dollars to my name. So I enrolled in community college, took out a student loan, used that money to um, basically be the down payment for the tax office. <laughs> and then I grew that uh, 60%. So mind you, like I bought this business and it was all, all my money to buy the business, but I had a job and I was living with my mom. So I was like, okay, in a month, I don't have to pay the rent for like another month. So I, this is my second leverage point. I, I was 18, so I could get credit cards now. Yeah. I get two credit cards, the 0% uh, interest credit cards. And then I, I had my LLC set up. I set up a merchant processor. And then I ran like $2,000 through the credit cards, 0% interest. So I basically got a free loan right yeah. there. Um, so then I used that money to pay my rent for the location for like six months. It was like 800 bucks a month. Um, I think it was like actually like four or five months. And um, so I was like, okay, worst case, I have six months to try to figure <laughs> out how to make money with this without getting kicked out. Yes. And um, so uh, the way the tax season works, it's seasonal. So all the money comes from January to April. I bought it in like August, maybe August, September. Yeah. So I, I knew my, my rent was paid through February. And I was like, okay, I could 
do some work. I could uh, try to get some clients and stuff like that. And um, that's what I did. And then once I was able to, like, I literally was late on my rent when I had to pay it in February by like two or three days, because that's how long it took to for money to start coming in. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I did that for a couple of years. The next year I bought two more locations. So I'm like 20 years old to have three locations, 53 employees, hated my life. I was terrible at, I was terrible at operating and managing people, um, especially that's good. I was so arrogant because I was like, yo, I'm 19. I grew this office 60% and I took it over from a, a real business person who was like yeah. a CPA. So I was like, oh, yeah. I'm smarter than him. Even. <laughs> and um, the next year, it was way harder mul managing multiple locations and hiring 50 people from scratch and all this stuff. So I sold one of the offices to one of my buddies, um, sold two of the other ones back to the company, moved to Virginia Beach, started doing sales uh, for the company, and I bought a new office down there. So I was doing sales of franchises of uh, like $40,000 franchises. Okay. And then I was running my office, ran that for one year. And then I realized like, yo, nobody's going to do their taxes in the future in person. It's all going to be like online turbo tax, whatever. So I sold that office and then I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do now. So I started a podcast and I started interviewing entrepreneurs that were making money on the internet because um, I wanted to make money on the internet. That was like my dream, but I didn't yeah. think it was like real. So yeah. I started interviewing all these entrepreneurs and the 11th person on my show was Dan Henry. All Dan right. Henry hadn't, he hadn't, he was just getting started. Didn't have a course, didn't, wasn't a guru, none of that stuff. And um, we just started talking and he's like, oh, I'm going to work on this Facebook ads course soon. So if you want to be in my beta, I'll show you how Facebook ads work. And maybe you can go and charge some other people to do their ads. So yeah. it's like, okay, sounds good. So um, took me like four or five months to get my first client. And then once I got my first client for Facebook ads, um, I got like seven more over the next like month. So I instantly went from like zero to like $10,000, $11,000 a month. I start posting my results in the ClickFunnels group. People start messaging me like, hey, how are you getting these results? I was like 22 at the time. And um, so I started doing like one-on-one -on -one coaching. That evolved into group coaching. Then I, I made a course. And then now I uh, I just kind of evolved over time. I got the ClickFunnels Dream Car Contest uh, winner. And then that just evolved over time to now where I've completely like scaled back our products. We only offer one product where we hire, find, hire and train a virtual assistant for you um, to book you appointments in your agency. Uh, so that's where 99% of my time goes right now. Amazing. That, that's I, I, an awesome story. I mean, I could just sit here and like, I continue to listen to everything because this is literally a testament to like, just like that quote that you said, you know, I decide what I want and just keep pushing until I get it right. That I, I feel like that was you. And, uh, I just want to say, dude, thank you for sharing that story because I think a lot of people need to listen to that. Yeah. Uh, no excuses for real. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and you said, like he said, that quote, I think you said your mind on entrepreneurship with that, that story in school where the guy was like, oh, there's another option actually, right? Like <laughs> yeah. entrepreneurship. Dude, first of all, I think that's freaking amazing. I mean, talk about running against the opportunities, right? Yes. And then taking advantage of them. We had Tyson Durfee. On la last episode, he's a, a world champ, rodeo world champ, dude. And he was talking how he goes into, ha he used to go into like abandoned houses and just imagine himself being like, yeah, I'm going to flip this house, all that he's stuff. Visualizing, dude, yeah. And one day he just ran across a bunch of like cassette tapes of Tony Robbins, right? And he took him home and that's how he learned about entrepreneurship. And kind of like how organic that opportunity came. It came for you as well <laughs> with this spirit coming in. And I love it. 
And I love all the leverage points that you talk. And we know, obviously, leverage is huge for you. I mean, your company is called Instant Leverage right now. Uh, we absolutely, absolutely yeah. love that topic. Um, so, so in the in the past, I don't know if you know who Austin Dixon is, but we've had several conversations mm -hmm. with him. And and Austin is like, you know, marketing is a leverage game, right? Yeah. So from that day on, we've we've been able to use different uh, strategies around leverage. But I, I'm interested to know, like, what is your definition of leverage, right? Because I think you use it of a, in a more complete way with your business, with everything that you do, and you and you talk about those leverage points and how is that important to your business and and the content and the strategies that you're executing right now um, to get these results? Yeah, so to me, leverage is, is making something out of nothing or making taking something that on its own can't do the outcome that you're trying to achieve, but if you combine it with something else, uh, it becomes something amazing. So uh, I just read this book, it's called Win Bigly by um, Scott Adams. He's the guy that created the Dilbert comics. Um, okay. And he has another book that I haven't read, but he references it in this book. And he talks about how in, he's not the best, he's not the best like animator. He's not the best writer. He's not the best comedian. Um, but when you take all his skills and you mesh them together, it creates a very, very unique uh, thing. Yeah. So that to me, that's what leverage is. So for me, I'm like, I'm not the best copywriter. I'm not the best salesperson. I'm not the best at uh, operations. But my unique skill set put together um, creates something that individually we I could not accomplish with any one of those skills. Yeah. So that to me is leverage. Interesting. Do, do you think so? I mean... Do you think it's kind of like subjective for everybody, you know, kind of like what leverage is for each one of us, you know, within our skills and our range of, you know, those things that we know that we can put together and then take advantage of that? Yeah, exactly. So everybody's, I believe everybody's skill set is unique and creates their own uh, unique leverage points within the market. So that's kind of in the like intrinsic way. So in the extrinsic way is like kind of what I did with the, uh, with buying the tax office. So I didn't have the, the sales price was like $80,000. I didn't have $80,000, but I knew, okay, if I don't buy this, it's going to be pretty hard for this guy to find somebody else to buy it. Yeah. So maybe I can make an opportunity to where I'll, I'll pay him in six months or something like that, where in reality, he wouldn't have a buyer in six months. And then I made him an irresistible offer. I was like, Hey, six months, if I can't pay you back, um, then whatever I have, I'll give it to you. And then you can take the business back. So it was like zero risk to him as well. That's amazing. I mean, that that's such a that's such an important point that you make there, right? Like we we talk a lot about putting yourself between the sword and and the wall, right? Like in, in a position where you actually have to execute. That's exactly what you did there, right? Like you took that leverage point, and then it's like, okay, how can I flip it so then the other person has like literally nothing to do, but you know, or I know internally that I'm gonna put in the work to make this happen, which is what you did. Right. So a lot right. of people get into maybe the entrepreneurship game or maybe the content or marketing game. Uh you know, maybe not putting everything at risk. Do you see that often with your students, with your clients? And then do you encourage to put themselves in a, in a situation like that? And then if it's... If um, it's so I've, I've seen both. Like I've seen yeah. my clients, they, they kind of stay at their job until they've they feel comfortable enough to leave. Um, and then I see some who just have no choice. Like, for example, one of my new clients, um, Yash, he got laid off at the beginning of COVID. Mm. So he's like... Can, am I allowed to curse on here? Of course, hey, man. Go ahead. Okay. So he's like, fuck it. He's like, fuck it. I'm going all in on my agency because he just got laid off. And he's been with us like two weeks, already closed 
two deals, brand new agency owner in the real estate niche. So I'm like, in that case, he had, he really had no choice. Yeah. But I also like, if you have a job, I wouldn't be like, quit your job and start doing this because um, that's not leveraging yourself. If you know how to use virtual assistants or you know how to use off- automations and softwares and stuff like that, it's not that hard to kind of build something up to replace the income of your job, unless you're making like an absorbent amount of money at, at your job, which most people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I, again, since we heard that Austin said that that was like a moment for us, we're like, wow, like that's true. You know, like you, t- you can take advantage of certain things that happen within your business and even outside your business mm-hmm. to kind of like trigger certain things for you, for yourself, right? For your own growth. Like what an, an example that happened uh, to us, we were reading this book, um, Todd Brown's, how to find your big idea. Mm-hmm. And we were posting some stuff online and we, we saw that he was actually answering, right? He was like reposting on his stories. We're like, Oh dude, like he's watching right now. Let's, let's leverage this moment. Right and invite him to the podcast because we, we know he's on his phone, and we literally grab the the phone and we're like, hey, uh, marketing is a leverage game, so we're gonna take advantage that you Todd are watching our stories right now. We want to invite you to the Content is Profit podcast, dude. And he's like, I did. I'm, I'm in, <laughs> yeah. And he came about a week and a half ago, and it was freaking absolutely amazing, right? So without leverage, actually, like it would have been extremely difficult for us to get to Todd. Because he is, you know, pretty big up there in the direct response marketing world. Yep. What has been some, yeah. what have been some challenges that you've seen, you know, uh, along your your career? Right, you you went from a brick and mortar business into this online world. Like you use content, you use your your um, your podcast to start gathering this information. Um, after that, what was it like? Was it smooth sailing? Was it like even harder than before? Yeah. So. Uh, the biggest mistake and the, the biggest place where I've, I've fucked up massively over the last few years is just uh, shiny object syndrome, pivoting oh. too much, <laughs> trying too many different things. Like over the last, let's say not so much in the last year, because I stopped, I, I cut it out. But um, before that, like the, the two years before uh, 2019, 2017, 2018, I tried like a Shopify store. I had group coaching. I had done live events. I had a multiple like $37 products that I just created because I just felt like it, no real like purpose. Um, I did ads for clients. I did, um, I tried to do like affiliate, like make a, like a affiliate marketing, like my main thing. So every single time, any single one of those worked just fine. Yeah. But when you start pivoting too much, um, it just, takes away for, like it takes time to figure stuff out and and figure out the nuances so when you start pivoting too much you're just shooting yourself in your foot and setting yourself back six months every time that you pivot so um in 2019 around i think september maybe maybe july i think it was july i um got with one of my friends and i wrote a, a contract and i said hey if i pivot from my current offer right now I have to pay 10, I have to pay $5,000 to the KKK and <laughs> I signed it and I sent it to my friend. I have I still have a picture. She has it. Damn. And, um, I gave it to her and I signed the contract and I was like, all right, you're responsible for this. If I pivot from this, you have to send this to the KKK. Um, so I pivoted, I didn't pivot from it. And, uh, this has been our most successful offer of all time. Wow. And the thing is the only thing that's changed has just been extreme focus. And it took about 
probably eight months from I made from when I made that decision to where I started getting the results that we actually want and we're growing month after month every single month uh, more people are enrolling because it, it like another thing too it takes time for your product to mature and start oh, yeah. getting referrals like your clients have to get results you have to work with them yeah. so if you're pivoting through if you do one program for three months another program for three months it's gonna like you're never gonna get to the point where a large portion of your business is coming from referrals and every new person that you refer that comes into your program um, gets better results than the last because they're feeding off of their results and they're they have the, the student group and the support and stuff like that yeah so it wasn't until all that kind of stuff kicked in and and just me being obsessed with like getting people good results and just improving my product over and over again. I redid my entire product and then figuring out what works for us in with Facebook ads. And also that's another thing. It took like four or five months for our Facebook ads to mature Yeah. and really start finding the right people. At the beginning, we were spending like $150 for one phone call. Um, now we wow. spend like 30 to 60 bucks for a phone call nice. uh, with a qualified prospect. So, and, and it's a high ticket, it's a high ticket uh, product. Yeah. So I, all of these things are things that I was missing out on by always just trying to chase the next thing, the next thing, the next thing that, that just got me excited. So that was a big thing. And then the second biggest leverage point that's like, um, I just talked about this on my podcast, it's super not sexy at all, is tracking. All yes. the most successful people in the world know their numbers. So, and that's one thing that I noticed from just my successful, like for example, um, you guys should actually have this dude on the podcast, Nick Robbins. Um, he is uh, just an absolute beast and Every time I have a conversation with him, he's like, what's your retention rate? What's your payment plan comp completion rate? What's your cost per call? What's your cost per client acquisition? Yeah. What are your sales people closing at? And if I can't answer these questions, I feel like an idiot. And I'm like, this is why I'm not where he's at because I can't answer these questions. That's simple. Yeah. So um, I got super meticulous in my tracking. I hired a um, visual data scientist, um, which is basically just a fancy word for somebody that can take stats from Excel yeah. and turn it into visuals that you can like uh, identify trends Amazing. from. And then we got meticulous with tracking every single day. My VAs uh, go into all of our accounts, Facebook ads account, um, call booking software, click funnels, all that stuff. And they uh, document how many people visited our funnel, how many people clicked our ads, how many times were our ads shown, how much did we spend, what was our cost per paid traffic call, um, how much did we spend per application, how much did we spend total, um, how many appointments were booked, how many appointments of the ones that were booked, how many of them showed up, of the ones that showed up, how many closed, how many of those were one call closes, how many of those did we make an offer to, how many of yeah. those were cold, um, how many of those closed as a, as a result of a follow-up. And we track this on a daily basis. So for me to be CEO, it's it's not that hard. Like I just look at the numbers and I'm like, okay, obviously based on our trends, the more calls we take, the more money we make. So how can I get more calls? All right, are we maxed out on the salespeople's calendar? Do we need another salesperson? Are we maxed out on the Facebook ads? Maybe we need to go try YouTube ads. And then it just becomes very easy for me to make decisions. Like yeah. a couple, uh, like a month and a half ago, our show up rate, we like it to be around 75% um it dropped to 50 percent. so i'm like okay i see that clear as day show rate 50 percent. all i need to do is get it back up to 70 percent, and we'll make more money so i'm like okay we need more follow-up we need a call center to call people and confirm their appointments maybe more reminders so making decisions for me gets really really simple when i have these these metrics and i i have something that's uh predictable um and then the last leverage point that i'll give you is 
I was always, my mindset was like, I always wanted to find the one thing that worked. So I grew my business originally just off of content. So I was just doing content, content, content all the time. And um, I was like, oh, I don't want to mess with Facebook ads. I don't, I don't remember what my logic was, but I was like, I don't know, let's not mess with Facebook ads. Um, and then I completely switched and I was like, let's not do any content. Let's just do ads. And if you look at my Instagram or any of my stuff, there's a huge gap for like six months where I didn't post anything. I was just doing ads. Okay. Um, and then I started doing content again. And that started to just like 5X what we were doing with ads wow. because people would go search. Like I, I, I remember I got this message from a guy and he's like, hey, I saw your ad and I'm interested, but uh, you haven't posted on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube in like six months. So I don't know if you're still active. <laughs> um, so I started to do content and I realized that when people are, people don't just click an ad and buy something. Usually they click yeah. an ad. Then they book a call, then they Google you, then they check out your Instagram, then they check out your YouTube, then they follow you, then they'll watch some of your story for a while, then they get on the call, then they have to think about it, then they'll listen to your podcast. So I started to realize in doing onboarding calls with all my customers, what their buying cycle actually looked like. And then I was like, oh, okay. So it wasn't, we had a guy, the day I launched my podcast, crazy thing, um, who he got on a call with us like four months ago. And then I sent out an email to my list when I launched my podcast. He got back on the phone and he was like, I should have did this six months ago because he listened to the, <laughs> my episode with Steve Larson Wow! Um, and enrolled with us. Amazing. So uh, that's when I realized I was like, OK, I need to stop thinking that it's just going to be all ads or it's just going to be all content. And I need to marry them and I need them to work together. So now I've also invested in a like a PR person so that when somebody's Googling me and doing their research, they're seeing articles about me. When they're on my Instagram, if you look at my highlights, it's all client results so that they're if they're they're uh, creeping, they'll see client results. They'll be like, yeah. oh, what's this? Let me check this out. And all that um, they actually did a, a kind of they touched on this at, at Funnel Hacking a little bit. Um, the presentation about shadow funnels, yes. basically like yep. what happens when somebody goes and does research on you. Yes. So I was like, yo, I've completely ignored my shadow funnel, thinking that people are just going to click an ad and buy um, on the first interaction not thinking that I need to facilitate what they see and yeah. help nurture them in at every uh, aspect in every way. And the, the, the other thing was like, I always would get this, this, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm going on a rant. No, here. we're, no, we're no, like, here, like yeah, yeah. fully hypnotized. <laughs> and I'm sure the audience is too. This is amazing. So is a mass is, is this episode on itself is a masterclass. Yeah, so literally. continue, please. So I, I was, I would get discouraged because I did YouTube for like six months and I'm like, man, we've done YouTube for six months. I post so consistently. I only have 5,000 subscribers. Like I, I was expecting to be at like a hundred thousand, which of course like stuff takes time, but I stopped making content for like organic platform growth. And I started making content for people who were researching me that had come off of an ad. And then that made our content so much more valuable. And now I make everything that I make is like, it's, it's interesting because people say things all the time. Like, Oh, um, I, I saw your ad and it was just right place at the right time. And then I, I checked your Instagram and I saw this and I was sold thinking that like this was an act of God or something that happened, like the law of attraction or whatever, which I believe in that stuff, too. Yeah. But um, the law of attraction works a lot better if you facilitate it for <laughs> yeah. it to happen in your ideal customer's life. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Wow, we're, we're going to have spar right here. Uh, uh, yeah, dude, this is a master class. It's like you said, I mean. You touch on so many big points, you know, shiny object syndrome, pretty much. And I like to, I like to relate that to kind of like when you said you were 
doing the podcast at first, right? You were, you, you kind of were like an OG of podcasting now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> but you had Dan Henry and Dan Henry at Funnel Hacking Live, who was talking about focus, right? Like the importance <laughs> of focusing yeah. in, in one task. And that's the, the problem with shiny object syndrome. We had it for three and a half years too, you know, we're just bouncing all over the place. Oh, being nightmare. A yeah, nightmare. We were just like, yes, man, to everybody. <laughs> Can you do this? Yeah, sure. And then we turn around. If we didn't know how to do it, we go to YouTube, find a <laughs> course, whatever, learn, and then go implement. There's no ways, like like you said, right? Like a business need to needs to mature. A business is just like a, it's kind of like a human, like it has a life. Some businesses, you know, they, they're burned, they're burned and some died, you know, faster than others yeah but it's just like that and you need to build the systems and processes and if you're not focusing on one thing it's gonna be impossible or it's gonna take a lot a lot of resources to be able to yeah. accomplish that I, i you mentioned like the tracking right and i think that that's the episode i was oh, actually that, listening to i, I this know morning. this guy was was nerding about that part he loves be, that thing. because <laughs> you call it unsexy maybe it's unsexy for a lot of people but, but you know it is, yeah the way that you explain it, it's like hey i can literally see clearly where yeah everything is falling off or where are those points that I can actually like make an impact right now as fast mm -hmm. as I can mm -hmm. to obtain those results. So to me, uh, maybe for you as well, that's sexy as heck. I want to clarify something. I think that is sexy as heck too. I just don't like doing it. That's why, exactly. I, got, that's why I keep this guy close to me. <laughs> And that's maybe where we have to have a phone call with you after to, to get those VAs. But, uh, but, but I think that's so important because a lot of people, and especially like small business owners or brick and mortars or like this thing that, that, you know, they're so busy with maybe external things like the customer service side of things or, or dealing with the daily, day to day, they might not have the time. They might not even have the motivation to even sit down and try to figure out what those numbers are. Mm -hmm. But once you do, it becomes so much easier because you can just turn you know this these knobs and then a big difference comes up so thank you for bringing bringing that up and the fascinating thing that that you said at the end with the content is like doing the content specifically for the people that did not buy and i think you know everything kind of ties together with the tracking and the things and because then you will have exactly what to say you will know exactly what to do and uh, if i remember correctly also you have different follow-ups with people where you do testimonials, you do a specific type of content, mm -hmm. a specific email, a specific type of call. And just that diving into those details is what's gonna make a big difference in, in the business. So with that being said, like my question is, let's say for people that are maybe starting up, right? Like this might sound amazing and it does, it's, it sounds great, right? But it might be really cha challenging to master it like right from the start. So how do you how do you start this? How What's the process like? What is your minimal viable tracking that you kind of have to do to get this thing rolling and know exactly what to publish or what to say to your potential prospects? Yeah, so the first thing that I look at if I'm, if I'm so first of all, My, I don't, I want to make it clear. I don't do any of the tracking myself. Yeah. My VA goes in 30, exactly. 45 minutes a day. And so think about this VA is on the, on the, my, I pay mine $3 an hour. I know people that pay them $2 an hour. So it takes them about an hour max to do all of your tracking. So for $2 to $3 a day, you can have an accurate picture of what's going on in your business. Amazing. Um, but let's say you're brand new. You don't know what to track. Um, I, after looking through my numbers um, and hiring the uh, visual data guy, to show us trends, um, it was really clear what metrics drove growth. And for us, it's calls taken. So if you're an agency owner, it's gonna be calls taken. So the more calls you take, the more money you make, 
point blank. Um, if you are on a, if you are like, let's say running a webinar, it's going to be like webinar attendees or order page visitors. Yeah. So I would track, I would start by just tracking the direct metrics that in, directly influence how much money you make or, or directly influence ROI. So uh, most of the time it's going to be the uh, thing that happens right before somebody buys. So for us, it's a phone call for other people. It might be a uh, order a, or a order page visitor or whatever. Um, and then it's really easy once you have that to just reverse engineer the rest of the process. So maybe if I'm doing a webinar, track how many webinar visitors I get per day. Um, and this has to be on one sheet because if you're going to ever webinar, then you're going to Facebook ads dashboard. Then you're going to your whatever, whatever other thing, your your emails or whatever, whatever yeah. the thing you're using to get these metrics. It's very, very difficult to make decisions over yeah. time. So at the very least, you should be tracking the metrics that directly influence how much money you make. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I, love I, it. I, I think that's a good action point right there. Yeah, I, that that's gonna be my next point because I know we're time sensitive here and we want to be obviously super respectful with you, Jr. So um, yeah, we can work. We can run another 15, 20 minutes. If we oh man! Do. Well, if if that, if you just said that, then let's let's <laughs> go, baby! Party time! Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Um. So, dude. I, I mean, incredible masterclass on on everything. And uh, I want to go back to to the publishing, right? That, like you said something really powerful here. You started publishing maybe almost entirely organically and then you dove in into your ads, you know, with a lot of people, right? And this is a conversation mm -hmm. that we have with a lot of the clients where they believe organic doesn't work because it does take work, like it does take time. Like you have to plan it out. You have to see what you're going to say, right? Uh, and that takes some mental capacity. With the ads, I think there's a misconception there that it's like just plug and play and then that's it. Like magic happens yeah. in the, in, on the internet, right? And then you said when you mix them both together with like a very coherent strategy, the results were, were crazy, like through the roofs, right? So yeah. can you kind of like dive in a little bit more on like how you did that and how do you coordinate your organic side of things with your paid side of things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's something I'm still working on right now because we've just launched the podcast. So I need to make the podcast more a, a part of the process. Yes. Um, but essentially what we do is let's say you book a call with me um, and let's say you either don't show up or you don't close on the first call. Um, you're going to get a follow up series of nurture of things to indoctrinate. So I might make a, that's why if you notice like that episode on tracking of my podcast is specifically for an agency owner yeah. who's thinking about working with me. And then they, they listen to that and they're like, holy shit, I didn't, I didn't even understand that this was a thing that I needed. Exactly. Um, so I curate the content around people who have been on a call with us and are kind of skeptical. Um, and I either just kind of share things with them that, because uh, at the end of the day, like my program is so deep that it's impossible to explain to somebody, everybody that they're going to, like, if I were to sit down on a sales call and be like, all right, so you're going to get this tracking sheet that I've spent <laughs> thousands of dollars to develop. Yeah. And this is going to help you somehow. Like, you're going to be like, what? So a lot of the times I literally have to just, like they always say, um, sell them, sell them what they want and give them what they need. Yeah. I had to yeah. sell them on the fact that their whole problem in the world in life is that they just need more appointments. And then I get them in and I'm like, okay, You, yeah, you need more appointments. We're going to solve that. Here's how you solve that. But here's all the other issues in your life as well that you're going to run into. So um, my strategy right now is I want to have all the objections um, that I can think of. And I want to overcome them with various podcast episodes. And then I want to 
uh, input those episodes into the process so that it's more organic. Mm. So, for example, if somebody says something like, hey, um, you know, I'm just I'm just skeptical. I've been burned before or something like that. Maybe I can make a podcast episode called uh, what to do if you've been burned before by an Internet marketing guru and then just kind of address that. And a lot of a lot of all and honestly too, a lot of those objections just went away once we've ran our program for six to eight months, worked really, really hard to get people results. Yeah. And then now I have a page of testimonials, instantleveragereviews.com or no <laughs> instantleverage.com forward slash reviews. Uh, Perfect. Shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> that shows all of our client results. So anytime yeah. someone's skeptical, we just boom, send them that. So that's another thing. Um, but the, the main thing though, is I, I still keep this process very, very simple. Mm. Um, yeah. And just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. Um, one of the things that I see is like, we see people that will funnel hack us or like copy our funnels and stuff like that all the time, or even our offer. But the funny thing is like 90% of what happens is on the back end in, yeah. in our, our follow-up in all the con the, how, the thousands of conversations I've had with my sales guys about how to handle this situation and that situation, stuff like that, not necessarily stuff that you can just copy. Yeah. So I think that uh, when it comes to thinking about like content and curating it for people that are on the fence, I asked my, a simple way to do it is like, what are the objections that I commonly get and how can I address these? And the way I address objections is I just use logic and then I provide a testimonial. So if somebody's like, Hey, for example, how long will it take me to, to get results? I want them. Uh, we, we have a proposal that we send out to for people on the fence and it, it addresses all the objections. So one of the objections is like, so how long will it take me to see results? And that's honestly impossible for me to answer because it's like, okay, how hard are you going to work? How much time are you going to put in? Whatever, whatever. Um, But I give them examples. I'm like, look, this person, um, they took their time. They worked a full-time job. They got serious six months later because they saw someone else in the result in the, in the program who started after them killing. Um, And then they took action and now they got this result versus this person over here who uh, went from zero to 35 K in five months because they just went ham and they were living with their mom at the time or whatever so they had all the time in the world to dedicate to this so i just kind of overcome that uh with logic and then i'm like okay here's some examples um of the range that you could fall into and using my testimonials like that to overcome objections has instantly um increased our close rate well because we also on top of leaning on our reviews now and on top of having our shadow funnel which can always be better um as well we now have this proposal that's overcoming the objections and the things that are going on in their mind as well. So that's, those are all things that like nobody taught me when I was getting started. They weren't, they, they didn't tell yeah. me like, they were just like, so have a funnel, get on the phone and then close them. <laughs> I didn't realize there was this whole other thing um, yeah. to, to closing people that wasn't a part of what happens from the Facebook ad to the phone call. Yeah, I, I, I find fascinating. And, you know, I always ref, refer, reference this to Lego pieces. You know, my wife is a big fan and whatever. And uh, But same thing, like, what are those Lego pieces behind the, 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 the front of your business that you can start adding and building this whole structure that is very solid and it literally, like, leak proof when you're trying to move somebody from, you know, not knowing who you are to being a raving fan and customer. So I think it's fascinating that the, the view that you just allowed us to have behind, you know, instance leverage and the way that you produce content and the way that you, that you sell. Um, so I invite everybody listening right now, go listen to the instant leverage podcast because it's, 
first is amazing, entertaining, and you're going to get a ton of it. Uh, you're going to learn. And um, if you are ready to use those leverage points, um, go CGR, obviously. Yeah, I mean, what, what I love about this, and I want people to really understand this, is that you didn't try to do all this at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you said it kind of like in the shiny object, right? That focus. Okay, before it was with the offers, but you can get the same thing within your business, right? Like, I mean, we've been there that now, okay, we know exactly what we want to sell. This is what we're going to stick with. But now you have so many other pieces inside your business and you're <laughs> like, oh, what do I dedicate my focus in, right? And like you've been saying, like, okay, first let me get these metrics closer to the sale, reverse engineer. And those are single steps that people can take one by one, right? Start, yeah. start like, it, implementing it's there. easy too. Because what I say is like, okay, every business is the same. It's yeah. traffic, conversions, fulfillment, and retention yep. um, or repeat business. So when you bring like my spreadsheet literally breaks it down into those four things. So when I look at it, I'm like, okay, our traffic's good. Our conversion could use some work. So I'm like, okay, what are the top three reasons why I, I will I'll always use common sense? Like what are the top three common sense? Like, for example, when I had the show up rate issue, yeah. I was like, what are the top three common sense ways that I would fix this? If somebody had a gun to my head right now and they're like, fix your fucking show up rate. I'm pulling the trigger. <laughs> um, what would I do? Yeah. Okay. More, more texts and emails. Easy. Right. Like write some texts, do some emails. Okay. What else would I do? Well, maybe if somebody could call them and confirm, okay, well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Google dot, pull up my browser, google.com <laughs> call center to confirm appointments. Enter. I look at the first three that are buying AdWords. My logic is like, well, if they're buying AdWords, then they must have a good product because they can afford to pay for traffic. Yeah. So I click literally the first one. I'm like, okay, they, they're probably spending the most to acquire a customer. That means their house is probably the most solid. This is just a lot like this is gun to your head logic. Um, yeah. And then I get on the phone with them. They're like, okay, what do you want us to say? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Just say that, hey, I saw you just booked a call and I'm um, just confirming. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> and they did that. Boom, instant show up rate. And then uh, the last thing. So again, I, I look for the first three things. What are the three logical ways to solve this? Um, last thing is, Are you letting people book too far in advance? Because I know personally, I forget shit if I book more than three days in advance. Yeah. Um, so I shortened my booking window. Boom, 75% show up rate. And that has an instant, instant uh, ROI on the back end, instant return on the back end. Because it's the same marketing dollars. It's the same everything. Um, more people are just showing up to the calls. So I, I take that approach with everything. I'm like, hey, yeah. if you're not closing clients, if you're not closing, I, I tell my clients, if you're not closing at least one out of five people that you talk to, Um, ask yourself, okay, what were the objections? All right, the objection was trust. Maybe you need some more case studies and results. Okay, how do you do that? Well, have you helped anybody in the past that you can help, that you can get a testimonial from? Is there anybody you can help right now that you can get a testimonial from? Or you can just reach out to people and say, hey, I'll help you get this result in exchange for a testimonial. Yeah. And now you have more trust. Um, or maybe it's You, they just don't like the offer. Maybe it's they just don't believe it or there's some like that they've tried it before or something like that. So identifying those different things and saying, okay, what's the logical common sense way to fix this? Um, and this is this is like the I guess the intermediate strategy because when like for example, um, I got on a call this morning with uh, Alex Hermosi and he's he's he has this new software he's an animal like that guy is just, uh, yeah <laughs> he's like skill stacking master like yeah. Awesome. So every time I, I like I was laying in bed last night because I was listening to a podcast that he was on and I'm talking to my girlfriend and I'm like, 
babe, I'm so stupid. Like, I don't know shit. Like, this guy's way ahead of me. Um, so I'm, I'm talking to him and, and he's like, I'm talking, same thing. Uh, I wanted to touch on this earlier about the focus thing. Yeah. And uh, if you've ever seen, there's this video with Warren Buffett saying that he, uh, him and Bill Gates both wrote down one word that uh, attributed to the majority of the success. And they both wrote down focus without knowing each other wrote that down and they had just met too so they didn't even know um so uh i'm saying i'm talking to alex and rosie today and i'm like yeah we're talking about something and i'm like yeah i'm not really good at doing multiple things i can really only have one one project or one product at a time he's like honestly jr there's two types of people people that are only good at one thing and people that lie about it and i was (laughs) like i was like yo that's so awesome um that the people who who I look up to and the people that are crushing it, they're they're one track focused type of people as well. Yeah. Um, like people like Sam Ovens. If you read the book Zero to One by Peter Thiel, I did a podcast on that book as well. That was my next um, question for you. Yeah. Hold they hold your, hold that thought. Like, <laughs> they all are like one track focused people yeah. until they blow up and then they focus on the next thing. Mm. Yeah. That that that's amazing. Uh, I mean, I can't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this episode. This is I mean, full I, of good stuff, right? Yeah, here. I, I have a battle every single day, almost. With, you know, with my wife because she she's a very smart, like book smart, right? And she's a, a doctor, uh, and uh, and I tell like there's no such ways as multitasking. That's impossible. You just switch your attention from one thing to another very quickly, but it's impossible to be productive that way. So I'm gonna just clot cut this clip and show it to her. So I appreciate you for giving me a win at home that I haven't done in a, in a while. So thank you. Yeah, I think that, I think this is the real reason we did this this show. Yeah, he's, he's been whipped for a while now. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I love it. And I love your common sense approach to these things because I don't know why. Mm. Like, we all have that, I don't know, something inside of us that is like, let's look for the most complicated <laughs> solution out there and try to implement that and like you said like you gotta keep it simple it's not gonna be easy like like you said but let's keep it simple and by being simple i mean look at all the growth that you've been able to experiment honestly like since we've kept it simple and since we started focusing on our business in the one thing that's when we start experiencing growth as well yeah yeah i'm Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So last question here about like the, the show and the things that you do. I know that you're an avid reader, right? Um, and, and you mentioned that one book, like from zero to one. Literally this morning, I started listening to it. I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. Um, what's, what's next for you? What's your next big idea? You know, because I, I know that you mentioned a little bit on that on that episode. And, and I'm curious, right? Like with Instant Leverage, is this the beginning of something massive for JR? Or like, is it, is it just another step on that road? Do you even know what's coming? Yeah. So I don't think so. Like I, I have some ideas, like I have some options laid out in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm totally focused on my goal right now, which is this company and this in this vertical. So my next move uh, that I've been thinking is I could either branch out and start doing like providing virtual assistance to real estate agents and mortgage brokers that can help them uh, get more appointments and leverage uh some tasks and, and take some tasks off their plate. Um, and we've done some of that here and there with just like, I had a, a local realtor friend who wanted a VA. We found him one, he loves it. So that might be our next play. Yeah. Um, or I might just go out and do something completely different because I really, reading that book especially, he breaks down like the characteristics of billion dollar companies. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, in order to build a billion dollar company, 
I would have to keep my eyes open for these kinds of opportunities mm -hmm. and then be at, at a place where I have the capital time, et cetera, to be able to invest, which is what I'm hoping that this company is going to do for me. So um, I like I've kind of been throwing around some ideas like I have uh, an ideas um, Google Doc that I just like idea vomit on. <laughs> and I wrote the other day, I was like, OK, let's say I needed to start a billion dollar company. Um, what would it what are some ideas that I have? So I instantly start thinking of what are some ideas that are byproducts of of things that are going to happen in the near future. So for example, if there's a self-driving car, there have to be there has to be a self-pumping gas station somehow. Somebody has to invent that. Somebody has to figure out that technology. So I start thinking along those lines. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if VR is going to be as big as everybody thinks, then there's going to need to be an ad platform in VR because people are going to want to buy ads ad space in VR. So I'm like, that would be 100% a billion dollar idea if I sat down and developed it and did it the right way. Because if I don't do it or someone else doesn't do it, then it's going to be Google or Facebook or whoever else that uh, ends up building that platform. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm constantly just thinking like, okay, what are some things that are coming up in the near future that I could work on? Um, but ideally, I'd love, I'd love to keep serving agency owners and I'd love to find something that could be a billion dollar concept within the agency or the like small business space. Yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it might be something software as a service uh, going that route, probably something super, super scalable. Uh, yeah. But I, I love how you take your time to dig into these ideas. You know, you kind of like your creative time of fo and focusing on, okay, like, let's, this is think big time, right? Like, what can I do, yeah. you know, to just like elevate my future and like have, I mean, you mentioned it you, as a kid, you were freaking ambitious and it seems that you haven't lost that, which is absolutely amazing. So, and I mean, and taking that ambition and then your common sense approach to everything, I'm, I have no doubt that you eventually you're going to get there, yes. um, which is it's. I personally would like to have a second round at the podcast <laughs> and talk about mindset. Oh because, man, yeah, that's dude, a I, big I, one. I think. Plus, you mentioned in one of your episodes, I think it was the first one uh, that you went to, like a Buddha um, oh, temple, yeah, something Buddha's like that. Monastery, yeah. So I would love to dig into the mindset side of it. I think <laughs> we should leave that for an, another episode. Just leave it as yes. a hook. <laughs> But I love it. So, Jared, to kind of wrap these things up, um, obviously, you know that the show is content's profit you use content in a very creative way uh not just for like advertising but like to handle objections and on, on the back end and stuff like that we want to um, i'm with this show where our purpose is to motivate people to start creating and start trying things out and if they don't work that's fine you know find those things and those leverage points that you can apply to then get better right so my last question to you is where will you be without publishing without publishing shit I I would have never started my podcast that led me to meet uh, Dan Henry and all these other people. And I I would have never started doing ads for clients. And I, I, I don't know, it's kind of a scary thought <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I my podcast was literally a way for me to meet people. Mm. I was like, I don't care if anyone ever listens to this ever. Um, as long as I can use this as a platform to meet people then I'm okay. And and I used it as a way to kind of get like free coaching at the time. I didn't even know that's what I was doing uh, from people. So without that, I don't know, I probably would have, 
I don't know, gave up or went and done something else. Maybe still have the the tax company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a scary thought. <laughs> Dude, Jared, this has been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you yeah. so much for being here. How can how can people find you? How can people connect with you if they're interested in in what you do? Yeah, just go to instantleveragepodcast.com. Easy peasy. Awesome. Guys, yeah. go there because you're not, not going to regret it. As soon as you listen to those intros, you are going to be hooked just like we yeah. did. So, um, yeah, we're going to take you on that offer. When you come to our town, we're going to, you know, we we have beers on us for you. So, Or if you don't <laughs> like beer, we'll do whatever you like. So, I mean, uh, he, he said Dominican parents, so I'm sure maybe maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe rum. Maybe I don't rum. know. Eh? I mean, maybe he doesn't drink at all. Yeah, maybe Who you don't knows? drink at all, so we'll drink water. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine too. I try. I try to not uh, drink very often. So what but, it uh, is every now and then, special occasion. <laughs> Sounds awesome, good, guys. Well, with that being said, Jr. Don't leave. We have like two more minutes to say just thank you. And uh, please go ahead and subscribe to the Content Profit Podcast. Hit smash that subscribe button. Thank you so much. And remember to follow us on social media at Visverso. That's right, guys. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am sure you did, please don't forget to share it and leave a five star review. Thank you. Thank you.